From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud tender, Gary Johnston. Welcome back to the Cannabis Podcast. This is episode 123. Is this your first visit? Well, an especially warm welcome for you. Before we get too far, let me remind you this program is intended only for those 19 or older in your jurisdiction and is intended purely for entertainment and perhaps educational purposes. You should always consume your cannabis responsibly. In episode 123, what do we have in store for you? Well, we've talked a lot about it. You're hearing a lot about it these days. CBG is showing up in everything. CBG, of course, is cannabigerol, and some would say it is the mother of all cannabinoids. We're going to get into that a little bit deeper with a story we have from Kenigma.com. We're going to find out what is CBG. Since the publication of this podcast is occurring on a day that is recognized around the world, I thought it appropriate that I mention it. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, especially the mothers who imbibe in cannabis. And even if your mother doesn't imbibe in cannabis, wish her a happy Mother's Day anyways. We all have a mum. We all need to love our mums, and we all need to recognize them on Mother's Day. And I even have a story where some mums say that cannabis helps them be better parents. Everywhere you're hearing about chat GPT, well, guess what? Cannabis companies has to have discovered it as well. We'll talk about that. We're going to look to a story about the myth, at least some would call it a myth, about whether eating a mango prior to cannabis enhances your experience because of the myrcene that exists in a mango as well. We'll dive into that story. On Cultivar Corner today, we're heading to the South Okanagan. Pineapple Buds, the cultivar creators, and the cultivar we're doing is Hawaiian Pineapple. Mmm, sounds delicious, doesn't it? And I had a request from a listener, Brandon, about whether I knew anything about Canada dips and whether that would be coming to Canada soon. Well, I don't have the answer to that question, but we'll take a look at Canada dips and explain what they are. All of that and more on episode 123 of the Cannabis Podcast. For our first story, to Kenigma.com for What is CBG? In a story written by Matt Wheel. CBG, cannabigerol, is by far one of the most important cannabinoids in the cannabis plant. It is often called the mother of all cannabinoids, and it holds potential as a treatment for conditions such as diabetes, ALS, and Huntington's disease, although human studies are seriously lacking. In addition to its potential medical applications, much like CBD, CBG is not considered intoxicating and will not get you high. Many of the more popular and well-known effects of THC and CBD are derived from their interaction with the endocannabinoid system. CBG, however, mainly works through other mechanisms, which explains why it has such different effects. It's currently being researched as a treatment for a long list of conditions such as dementia, PTSD, ADHD, Huntington's disease, ALS, Parkinson's disease, multiple sclerosis, diabetes, colitis, and, of course, pain. But it's important to note that when it comes to CBG, the word potential is of essence. Most of the evidence scientists have found regarding the efficacy of CBG is based on animal models, so it's too early to say whether they are relevant for humans. And unlike THC and CBD, there's practically no scientific information about the safety or dosing of CBG-dominant products. Why is CBG so popular? First isolated by Rafael Meshulam and Yehel Gahoni in 1964, 
CBG is often referred to as the mother of all cannabinoids, suggesting it is superior to other cannabinoids. One of the reasons marketers often refer to CBG as the mother of all cannabinoids is to make it seem as if it is responsible for the benefits of the other cannabinoids. But at this time, there is little science to suggest that. What the mother of all cannabinoids really means is that CBGA is produced first by the plant, then is converted to other cannabinoid acids. So really, CBGA is responsible for the creation of TACA, CBDA, and CBCA because the plant needs CBGA to make them. This is important for scientists researching the plant, but does not mean it is superior therapeutically. In fact, CBG usually occurs in much lower concentrations than other cannabinoids like THC and CBD, typically at around 0 to 1% in a cannabis flower. With the hype surrounding CBG in the past few years, however, breeders have been developing CBG-dominant varieties, and companies are producing a multitude of products such as CBG oils and flowers. It's important to note the research on the safety of CBG-dominant products is remarkably scarce. It is possible that much of the hype about CBG is the result of a regulatory loophole that makes hemp-derived products accessible and legal. CBD has been a huge success in the wellness market, and though CBG is often proposed as its heir, there isn't much to it yet from a scientific perspective. Which is better, CBG or CBD? The answer depends on what you're trying to achieve. CBG binds to different receptors that can produce a variety of effects in the body. For some conditions, like hypertension, CBG shows potential benefits that CBD doesn't. In other cases, like controlling seizures, CBD is helpful while CBG isn't. Still, for other symptoms, like inflammation and pain, both CBD and CBG work on the same targets and can have similar effects. It really depends on what you're trying to achieve. Unlike CBD, however, research on the safety and efficacy of CBG is practically non-existent. CBD products are often sold as dietary supplements due to a regulatory loophole, but CBD, albeit far from being fully understood, has been heavily studied for its safety and efficacy in a variety of symptoms and conditions. CBG products are accessible through the same regulatory loophole, but there's not enough research to assess the safety and efficacy of CBG-dominant products, especially when it comes to drug interactions. How does CBG work? Unlike THC, which primarily interacts with the receptors of the endocannabinoid system, CBG produces most of its effects by binding to other families of receptors, such as TRPs and the PPARs. This is important because it is one of the reasons CBG can produce such different effects than THC. Some of the receptors CBG interacts with are of interest for treating neurodegenerative and metabolic conditions, but others could actually cause drug interactions with medications that treat conditions like depression. The research on how CBG works is still ongoing and is fairly complex. CBG is currently being studied as a potential treatment for neurodegenerative conditions such as Huntington's disease, ALS, Parkinson's disease, and multiple sclerosis. Scientists believe the neuroprotective properties of CBG, but also CBD, are mediated mainly through their interaction with the PPARE receptor, which is not technically part of the endocannabinoid system. There is great potential for CBG's therapeutic uses, but science has a long way to go before we'll have reliable information on how and when to use CBG products. Whether it is CBG oil, CBG cannabis flower, or any other CBG-dominant product, you should be cautious. Particular caution should be used if you take prescription medications, as CBG's potential drug interactions, dosing recommendations, and contraindications are still being investigated. Many marijuana chemovars in the market today have varying levels of CBG. 
If you already have a cannabis regimen for one of the conditions that could be helped by CBG, Huntington's disease, ALS, Parkinson's disease, MS, etc., it could make sense to seek out products or strains that have at least some CBG. However, unless you've consulted a healthcare professional with cannabis expertise, you should probably avoid products in which CBG is the primary active ingredient. With the potential to treat a lot of incurable and burdensome conditions, cannabigerol is indeed one of the most interesting cannabinoids out there. However, for now, the research is still too limited for good guidance surrounding its use. Until its safety and efficacy are more properly understood, you may want to wait before jumping on the CBG bandwagon. And that story from thekenigma.com. Cannabigerol, the mother of all cannabinoids. From the cannabis-infused studio in the clouds, this is the Cannabis Podcast. And let's go to asialabs.ca next for our story about mangoes and cannabis, a match made in heaven? Have you heard of the supposed benefits of consuming mangoes before using cannabis? Some people swear by it, but others argue that it's just a myth. Let's dive into some of the science behind this phenomenon and explore both sides of the argument. First, let's talk about the science behind why some people believe that consuming mangoes can enhance the effects of cannabis. Mangoes are more than just an extremely delicious fruit packed with nutrients like vitamin C, vitamin A, and fiber. Mangoes are known for their high concentration of a compound called myrcene, which is a type of terpene found in many plants that are responsible for their unique aroma and flavor profiles. In cannabis, terpenes like myrcene can also affect the way that THC and other cannabinoids interact with the endocannabinoid system in our bodies. Myrcene has been shown to increase the permeability of cell membranes in our bodies, allowing for better absorption of THC and other cannabinoids. This means that when we consume mangoes before using cannabis, we may experience a stronger and longer-lasting high or therapeutic effect. However, some people argue that consuming mangoes before using cannabis is just a myth. They claim that the myrcene in mangoes is not enough to make a significant difference, and that our stomach acid breaks down the beneficial compounds before they can be absorbed. In fact, some have even claimed that you would need to eat an entire truckload of mangoes to see any effects. And, well, that's a lot of mangoes. Many will say you have a higher chance of experiencing increased benefits from myrcene through aromatherapy instead. That's right, just by smelling the aroma of things like mangoes, hops, thyme, lemongrass, you can potentially enhance the effects of cannabis. This is because the aroma of these plants contains myrcene, and inhaling the aroma can again help increase the permeability of your cell membranes. So what's the bottom line? While the effects of consuming mangoes before using cannabis may vary from person to person, there is some scientific evidence to support the claim that myrcene can enhance the effects of cannabis. And if consuming mangoes doesn't work for you, you can always try aromatherapy as an alternative. While mangoes and cannabis may be a match made in heaven for some people, it's important to remember that the effects may vary, and there is no guarantee that it will work for everyone. So take this information with a grain of salt and experiment a little to see what works for you. And as always, make sure to consume cannabis responsibly and in moderation. Happy blazing. And thanks to asialabs.ca for that story about mangoes and cannabis and myrcene. And of course, the reason why myrcene helps is it acts as kind of a lubricant to the receptors, allowing the other cannabinoids to get in easier. And I don't know whether there's any truth. I used to say it. (laughs) I remember hearing the story, and I remember saying it to a lot of people in my early days as a bud tender. And then I heard some of the stories about saying, ah, it's just a myth. Again, you'd need to eat a truckload of mangoes before it would have any effect. 
So I don't honestly know whether it is true, but consuming something with some additional myrcene can't hurt your cannabis experience, I would think. What are your thoughts? Do you eat a mango before you imbibe? THC, CBD, terpene profiles, what's in me? Oh, please explain to me. Cultivar Corner, Cultivar Corner, oh yeah. Cultivar Corner, please explain this stuff to me. On Cultivar Corner today, we're back in the Okanagan Valley. Back with some product from the folks at BC Black or Joint Venture Craft Cannabis as we, of course, delved into a couple of episodes ago. And this is a product from the southern part of the Okanagan Valley. In fact, all over BC is the home of pineapple buds. Pineapple buds and their Hawaiian pineapple is what we're featuring on Cultivar Corner today. And let's give you the story on pineapple buds. So as I said, they are down in the lower... In the lower Okanagan Valley, <laughs> the south Okanagan Valley would be the way to probably describe that, I guess. <laughs> Pineapple buds. They work hard to grow clean and colorful cannabis, and we can reap the fruits of their labor. So let's find out about pineapple buds. It takes bold growers to grow bold product. That's why they take the time to hand-select the most unique genetics, grow them in pristine environments, hang dry and hand-trim them so you too can experience bold. What cultivars are we talking about? Well, the one we are talking about today is Hawaiian pineapple. They do have three other cultivars under their realm, Pineapple Party, Golden Parfait, and Runtz. The one we're dealing with today is, I say, Hawaiian pineapple. It is a sativa dominant, and its lineage is Dole Whip and Cookies and Cream. So the story of Pineapple Buds, an indigenous-affiliated company located in the Okanagan Valley, Originating from barn beginnings to a custom-built hydroponics facility, they combine simple and innovative horticultural techniques to grow a select range of niche cannabis cultivars. And the founder and master grower is Kyra Horvath. Kyra has worked extensively in cannabis science, focusing on quality assurance and consumer application. With grassroots experience, passion, and an exciting vision for women in the cannabis space, she is ready to blaze a new trail. And I had the pleasure of meeting Kyra at the Cannabis Conference last year. Hope to get another chance to talk with her again this year at the Cannabis Conference. Doing some fine work down at Pineapple Buds in Oliver. And now let's get to the weed. My Crafty Plus is warming up. Let me open the jar. Actually came in a Mylar bag. I quickly transfer all of my weed out of those Mylar bags into nice glass jars. Mmm. Here's some of the details on the pineapple buds. Uh, Sativa dominant, as we've already indicated. Total terps, 2.83. And of those total terps, myrcene is 0.47%. Beta-caryophylline at 0.46. And limonene at 0.29. And based on something I read somewhere, (laughs) the indication of the myrcene, I think about below 0.5 or 0.6, indicates that it is a sativa. Higher than those values indicates it's an indica. And now again, uh, here I am opening the debate of sativa indica dominance, and <laughs> and is that really true anymore? But it looks like this one definitely would be a sativa based on the fact that its myrcene is sitting at 0.47%. Now those 2.83 terps, mm, delightful aroma. And I can't put my finger on what it is that I'm picking up on this guy. Let me go back to the description of their cultivar and see if I can pick something up 
under their Hawaiian pineapple. It is a hybrid. was introduced in the summer of 2021. It is a sativa-leaning hybrid that packs a terpene punch. Flower is known for its tropical aromas and creamy taste. It will leave you running for, through fields of pineapple bliss. I like that. Again, Dole Whip and Cookies and Cream are the parent lineage. Dole Whip, the mother. Cookies and Cream, the father. Mmm. And a, oh, just a delightful smell. It's one of those really, ple- you know, sometimes when you open up that jar of cannabis, it just has just that lovely smell. You can't put your finger on what it is, but it is such a delightful smell. Hmm. Let's take a peek at one of these buds. So fairly substantive buds. Uh, good trim job. Not unexpected in that. Kind of expect that in most of the cannabis that we're buying these days. And let's take a peek and see if I can find some trichome fields. Oh, yes, I can. Oh, very nice. So a light green coloring on most of the buds. There's some dark orange pistils. Fairly prominent as I look around most of the bud. And as I dive right deep into there, oh, there is a nice little trichome field. Mix of milky and some amber. Mm. And as I crust up the bud to roll up my joints and to put in the Crafty Plus, that's, of course, when you get an indication of how sticky this is. Now, of course, most of the buds are, are fairly nuggy, as I like to refer to them. But once we start breaking those nugs up, there is some stick to the weed. And that's always a nice and pleasant surprise on any weed we're opening up, and it has a bit of stickiness to it. So that's enough description. Mm. Just love the smell of that. <laughs> Apparently, I've been talking so long that my Crafty Plus uh, shut itself off. <laughs> so let's start with the joint. This is from the folks at Pineapple Buds down in Oliver, B.C. Kyra Horvath, the master grower and the founder, and growing some delicious weed this is Hawaiian pineapple. Oh, yeah. I always love it when those flavors come through in the joint. Nice and smooth. Definitely some, some citrus notes, some of that limonene. The myrcene, I get out of myrcene a lot of earthiness, a lot of earthy flavors, and that's coming through too. The caryophylline, bit of spiciness. Mmm. Oh, just love the flavor. Really nice, smooth smoke. Now let's really find out what the flavor is like as I pull out the Crafty Plus. Oh, ten times the amount of flavor that was sitting in the joint. And I was pretty pleased with the flavor that was in the joint. Mmm. <laughs> Oh, that tastes really, really good. Heavy on the limonene, heavy on the citrus. Combined with some of those earthy tones and a little bit of spiciness from the caryophylline. Did I identify? Yes, I did identify the terpenes. <laughs> Maybe an indication that I'm starting to get high if I'm starting to forget what I've already talked about. <laughs> Considering we're only five or six minutes into this. I may have tried to consume too much in that particular instance. <laughs> Sativa dominance is what I'm looking for today. This is my first smoke of the day. And I got some things to do today. My purpose, my point, I want some energy. I want some focus today. I got some things that I got to get done. And one of those being apparently my son Ian and his wife Christine, they're 
Car isn't starting this morning. <laughs> so here comes Dad to the rescue. Bring my jumper cables in my car, and we'll go and try to get them started. And speaking of getting started... Mm. Oh, here come the happy eyes. I'm just so pleased with the delightful taste of this. Definitely heavy on the limonene, uh, even though that is the third dominant terpene. Uh, it's definitely bringing some citrus notes to this. And as I say, even more of those taste notes when we move into the Crafty Plus. Doing my proverbial two-fisted toking. <laughs> i got to take a picture sometime of me with a joint in one hand and the vaporizer in the other. <laughs> Bring them both to my mouth at the same time. Oh, that was a combo... Crafty and joint. I hadn't done that before. <laughs> this is getting pretty exciting. And I'm getting pretty high. Starting to get giggly, starting to get silly. Nothing wrong with a little silliness in your day. Especially if it is inspired by some fine weed from the South Okanagan and the folks at Pineapple Buds, part of the BC Black family. Of course, being produced by the folks at Joint Venture Craft Cannabis or being packaged and distributed by the folks at Joint Venture Craft Cannabis, being produced in Oliver by the folks at Pineapple Buds, Kyra Horvath and her team doing some fabulous work. Mm. A powerful woman in cannabis, and we're going to see more of them as we go further into this industry, and that's fabulous news too. Oh, and there they are. Happy eyes. On full. Mm -mm -mm. That euphoria just kind of floating up in my head right now. Oh, lots of head high. <laughs> you know the feeling. <laughs> you know what I mean. When that euphoria just pops right up, those happy eyes are there. <sighs> it just feels darn good. <laughs> I don't know why it's taken me so long to get pineapple buds on the cultivar corner circuit, but I'm glad I did. I've been wanting to try it for a while and give you an opportunity to see what the experience of pineapple buds, Hawaiian pineapple is. It's pretty darn sweet. May, may not be the same as a trip to Hawaii, <laughs> but wherever you are, if you're having a hit of this, the rest of your day is going to be pretty darn enjoyable. I have to chuckle a little bit. <laughs> I was doing the breakdown of this file after recording this cultivar corner, <laughs> and I realized that I never told you how much the THC was. I got all the way through it, and it never came up. So let me correct that. The THC for Pineapple Buds Hawaiian Pineapple, 25.9% THC, and the total terps, as we've already indicated, 2.83. Hardly ever forget that. I guess that's maybe maybe the reason I forgot it is I'm trying to spend less time worrying about the THC percentage and just wondering whether or not the weed gets me high. This stuff definitely got me high, and maybe it was because the THC was at 25.9. And as usual, when I find that there are further things to talk about, <laughs> I turn the microphone back on and here we are. Uh, this has been rolling around in my endocannabinoid system now for probably about 10 minutes. <sighs> that euphoria just came on a 
whole lot stronger. I am feeling so good right now. So much energy, such a such a euphoric feeling in my head. Really got that headstone where I just want to get some stuff done. Not feeling anxious. Not I, I, Luckily, I rarely, rarely get those paranoia or uh, anxiety issues from smoking sativa. Luckily for me, I had a conversation with somebody in the store yesterday that has a real problem with anxiety. So I appreciate the fact that my endocannabinoid system doesn't throw that crap at me. But boy, it sure throws a nice stone at me. And as I said, this is five, ten minutes down the road. Uh, the endocannabinoid system has been receiving all that lovely THC through my CB1 receptors. <laughs> you know when I'm rambling like this that I am just really, really high. <laughs> Enjoy it. If you get the chance, you will not be disappointed. Pineapple Buds, Hawaiian Pineapple, another fine BC product. Sharing stories about good weed while trying good weed. This is the Cannabis Podcast. And we're going to ctvnews.ca for our next story. Now, albeit this story is a couple of years old, but since this is Mother's Day, I thought this was an appropriate story. Smoking cannabis has made me a better mother, says Catherine Sear. The mother of two leads a group of like-minded Canadian women challenging norms and rejecting stigma around parenting and pot since Ottawa legalized its recreational use last October. They are tired, she says, of having to hide their use of the mind-altering drug from family, neighbors, and others, and have set out to educate their peers about its benefits. People are not informed. They still think that when you use cannabis, we sit in front of our television eating pizza like teenagers, Sears says. When I consume cannabis, I do housework, I play with my children, I'm more patient with my children, more present. It helps me to be a better mother, a better person. Doctors disagree. But her message has resonated with hundreds of members of her De Fleur Ma Cher Facebook group, which she created to share experiences and thoughts about pot. The group includes entrepreneurs, psychologists, models, photographers. They are women from all walks of life, said Ganja Yoga instructor Cynthia Petron, herself a member. Another similar Facebook group, Mother Mary, based in Montreal, has some 5,000 members. Sitting in her living room, the smell of marijuana lingering, Jordana Zabitsky, in her 30s, said she started Mother Mary in a bid to push back against mummy shaming. I'm expected to work full-time. I'm expected to be with my kids full-time. I'm expected to have a clean house. I'm expected to have my bills paid on time. I'm expected to have my winter tires on, on time, she says. I have so much on my shoulders, I'm only one person. The cannabis allows me to accomplish my daily tasks so much better. Canada's health ministry warns parents against consuming cannabis because of the risks of secondhand smoke. While warning it also may reduce a person's ability to pay attention to their child, make decisions, or react to emergencies. But Sear argues the cannabis is a far better alternative than prescribed opioids or antidepressants to treat anxiety or depression in new mothers. Mothers feel lonely and do not know where to turn. They feel ashamed and afraid, echoed fellow pot proponent Annie-Claude Bertrand. Sear began using cannabidiol, CBD oil, made from a non-psychoactive compound in cannabis plants after her second pregnancy to relax. She refused to take opioids prescribed by her doctor that made her feel like a zombie. I wasn't sleeping, I had big sleep disorders, but the first time I took CBD oil, I slept through the night like I used to, she said. According to the government statistical agency, 12% of Canadian women have used cannabis compared to 19% of the total Canadian population. And several studies show that the drug's popularity among women in both Canada and the United States, where several states have legalized it, is growing fast. Marketers have even taken notice and started targeting their products specifically to women and young mothers. 
for women, said Zabitsky, who admitted to consuming microdoses during her first pregnancy and daily when she was pregnant with her second child, the top question is, can I use cannabis during pregnancy? Right before I went into labor, I smoked a really big joint, and it was fantastic. All my doctors knew, she says, assuring that her three-year-old and one-year-old children are healthy and too smart for their respective ages. Dr. Antoine Kanemurgi, however, says marijuana is not recommended during pregnancy because THC, the psychoactive substance, will cross the placenta so the baby will get 10 to 30% of the dose consumed by his mother. Cannabis can greatly influence the development of the central nervous system and the immune system of the fetus, said the author of 21 Unspoken Truths About Marijuana. Canada also passes into breast milk. Those warnings, however, have not dissuaded Zabitsky and the other mothers in her group, who note that a century of prohibition has had the effect of throttling research into cannabis. In her living room, she unveils THC-infused butter, sweets, soaps, and skin creams for her guests, while toting cannabis is good for women's libido. It's like Viagra from women, she says with a smile. And there's a story for the moms out there. Whether you imbibe in cannabis or not, and even if you were not a mom, think of your mom <laughs> and how this may impact her. Thank you to ctvnews.ca for that story. To 420intel.com for our next story. And this is a hot topic. We're hearing about chat GPT just about everywhere. Well, chat GPT and weed. Cannabis, startups, try AI for everything. There's been a lot of hope and hand-wringing over how artificial intelligence will reshape medicine, education, and our understanding of reality itself. It seems worth asking how it could affect one of the most popular drugs in America. One where AI can have a significant impact is in optimizing the growing process. By analyzing data on plant growth and environmental conditions, AI algorithms can help growers identify optimal conditions for maximizing yields and potency. Psych! That was one paragraph of ChatGPT's four-graph answer to the question. And it wasn't half bad. But cannabis's interaction with artificial intelligence will be much more complex than that. Here's another snap at that question from a human author. Zeta Seti, the founder of a consulting firm that has helped cannabis entrepreneurs get more than 100 licenses in two countries, had used human consultants for more than a decade. And then ChatGPT inspired his company, Green Rush Consulting, to launch a chatbot specific to the marijuana industries. Odyssey AI, which SETI demonstrated at a marijuana conference in Midtown Manhattan, is designed to do around 70% of the work required to navigate cannabis licensing. The other 30% will still be done by human employees, adding that the technology preserves the consulting firm's intellectual property. Six people built it in 33 days, said SETI, while standing outside the company's green and black booth at MJ Unpacked. The self-funded project is currently looking for investors, according to Seti, who named himself after a binary star. Odyssey AI isn't the only startup in Cannabis AI. Little Dragon, a delivery-only business that specializes in high THC products called DABS, also launched an AI program recently. And Predict Medics, a Toronto-based company, is developing a program to test for cannabis impairment. As the cannabis industry jumps on the AI bandwagon, the results are likely to vary widely. Considering there are different regulations and issues in each of the more than 35 states that allow some form of licensed cannabis. Odyssey AI co-founder Jason Rosenberg, asked to explain his product's usefulness, said his chatbot will respond to a question about cookies by directing users to the marijuana brand by that name founded by the rapper Burner. If you go to ChatGPT and ask it, you're more likely to get something about Oreos, he said. Little Dragon was launched on TrueCrowd's equity crowdfunding platform. Co-founder Rachel Figueres said in a promotional video 
that the AI can learn a user's preferences and help them sell products better than a human bud tender can. Such initiatives could put more than a few bun tenders and licensing consultants out of business. They also raise questions about what could happen to the industry if some issues are tackled before others. After all, the cannabis business has grown haphazardly state by state and has worked on the question of how to sell its products without first solving overarching issues such as standardization, health risks, or impaired driving. And that's becoming its biggest problem. States are slowly inching along on parallel paths to try to solve many of the same problems. Washington, Vermont, and Colorado, for example, have all considered bills seeking to cap high-potency THCs, such as the products that Little Dragon would flavor match and deliver to consumers' doors. California's overabundance of cannabis companies are struggling to consolidate, a painful process that could be exacerbated by AI-assisted entrepreneurs getting rapid access to licenses. Well, maybe we should ask ChatGPT or the cannabis version of ChatGPT how this is all going to resolve itself in the future. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff happening with AI now. (laughs) I don't think anyone can quite predict where this is going to go. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. This is the Cannabis Podcast. I don't know if you've heard about Canadips. I hadn't. (laughs) Not until Brandon, a listener who's been a listener for a while. Hey, Brandon, thanks for the contact. Really glad you're a listener. Happy to have you along for the ride. I had not heard about Canadips until you sent the request. And as someone who never used uh, dips, tobacco dips... I'm not so sure that I'm a big fan of this product, but obviously you are, since you're looking for them to come to Canada. Now, what are they? Well, let me give you a description of what I found when I went to the Canadips website. The Canadips lineup features products made for every man's lifestyle. All tins are proudly crafted in the hills of Humboldt County, utilizing cutting-edge water-dispersible technology. Canadips is a cut above the rest, but what else would you expect from a group of coastal cowboys who've dedicated their lives to this plant while reinventing what's possible. So, they have a CBD dip. They have a fuel dip with CBG and CBN. They have a terpene dip. No CBD, no THC, no tobacco, nicotine-free. These are incredible products. I guess, you know, from the perspective of somebody who edibles doesn't work for me as they go through my stomach and my liver and and get all consumed before they help me. Maybe, maybe, Brandon, you're onto something here. Maybe some of the THC or CBD versions of these products might be the, no, hang on a sec. Are there any THC ones? No. Oh, see, I got all excited. I got all excited for that. And I realized that, in fact, when Brandon was asking about it, he did specifically say CBD. I guess I'm the guy who introduced the concept of having some THC on it. But no, there isn't any. Because these are out of Humboldt County, California, I'm thinking we're not going to see these in the Canadian market anytime soon. But hey, I've been wrong before. What do you think? Is Canada something that you'd be interested in? And I would be remiss if I did not thank you for being a listener of the Cannabis Podcast. I truly appreciate you being here each and every time. I also want to thank my supporters. I want to thank Kevin and Jordana, who are supporting me through buymeacoffee.com slash Cannabis Podcast. If you feel so inclined, you can do the same thing, and you can buy me a doobie. Or you can go to Patreon. You can become a patron, just like Tony and Rob have done. And you'll find the links to all of that on the show page up in the top right.
If you ever have a comment on anything you hear on the Cannabis Podcast, please send a note to info at canvaspodcast.com. And that's it for episode 123 of the Cannabis Podcast. From the Cannabis Infused Studio, high above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your can of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.